0: Today, I'm Walt Thiessen here with Life Coach Cindy Chavez. Today is Wednesday, September the 23rd, 2020. It's 4 p.m. New York time, and wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And Cindy, before the show, you and I were kind of joking about uh, Daniel Mangana's money game. Because you've been having the same experience I have. You you, you manifest money, and then you forget you're playing the game. I I, I mean, it's almost embarrassing. You're like, oh, geez, I forgot I was doing that thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
2: because, you know, it's very, the the process is pretty simple. And so I took the action, and then I got the result immediately, and then I never thought about it again. (laughs) I (laughs) I was like, oh, what? I just remembered it and said to you before the show, oh, my goodness, I just remembered that I started to do the money game. I got a great result and then never thought about it again.
0: Of course, I talked on the show about three different times that I had manifested the money and forgotten about it, (laughs) including one time where I forgot about it and remembered during the show. And, and I've actually been journaling about this. Each time something happened or I took the next step, I was writing into a journal so I'd have a record of this thing. I thought right. that might actually, you know, spur the memory. <laughs> yeah, fat chance of that. That wasn't I working. Mean, so. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: you look back at your journal, it's like September 1st, and then the next entry is like September 16th or well, something. Well, exactly, like, what, yeah.
0: What happened? <laughs> but that's what happens, you know, because it's, it's a game where the, you don't really know when stuff's going to happen. It happens when it happens. So, you know, you have to kind of be alert. But, well, you, uh, you know
2: what's interesting about that? We were talking about this, too, is that, I was joking that forgetting is sometimes a defense mechanism. Like if you forget that you had a court date or you forgot that you had a dental appointment, you know, things that people are kind of dreading. Or, you know, oh, my goodness, I totally forgot I was supposed to be at jury duty yesterday. Sometimes, you know, our brain just forgets those things that we really don't want to to have. And sometimes part of us really is resistant towards having things that, On the surface, we would all say we wanted, like a soulmate or like more money or whatever. Um, Part of us is really comfortable with playing it safe and just staying where we are now because we, we have survived this part already. You know, even if it's loneliness or even if it's a job we say we hate, part of us is like, yeah, I hate it, but it's comfortable, it's familiar. And so, you know, that could be. I, the, there's part of me, I guess, that just doesn't want to bring in loads and loads of cash.
0: <laughs> I, I know it's odd to say that, but uh, I don't know. I guess it's familiarity with a pattern. We're, 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 we're familiar with the way things have been, so we just kind of, you know, stick to that pattern a little bit. But, uh, that well, that's part of the reason for playing the game, to break the pattern, to kind of yeah. the way we're thinking. And
2: right? Like if you've ever, like, changed jobs or changed something, you know, where – and then you get in the car and you drive right to the old whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Like some people will move house and then they leave work, you know, in the first week that they've moved and they get on the interstate they and they're heading the, right the old house. Like, wait, I don't <laughs> live that way anymore. So, but you're right. It's just a pattern. It gets hardwired mm-hmm. into our brain.
1: And, yeah.
0: It takes yeah. a little time to break it sometimes. But yeah. um, Now, interesting, Josie uh, posted something in the live stream here. Uh, she says, and she's referring to the title that I put in for the show. She says, uh, the title Lovely Magician made me think of the magician card in the tarot deck. She says, recently I've been thinking about the major arcana's connection to the hero's journey steps.
2: That's so. it. Yes, it is, it is a hero's journey, the major arcana of the tarot. It's, um, starts with the fool. And, you know, the, the fool in the tarot is sort of like, we think of fools as like jester, court jesters or maybe even worse, like, oh, well, this guy's a total fool.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but really, the way it shows up is the beginner. Yes. The person that's at the total beginning of the journey, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes, like the fool, we do get, you know, maybe we're overly optimistic or whatever, If you look at any movie out there that's, you know, won an Oscar, (laughs) all the Star Wars movies, they all follow that hero's journey, right? You know, the hero sets out on a quest, and then he runs into danger, and, you know, it's very formulaic, the hero's journey. But, yes, The Magician is right at the beginning of it, and I love that card. I love the tarot card, The Magician, because what it says to me, if you look at the card, most of the decks show a magician with the elements on his table, uh, and it always says to me, you have everything you need. Like you showed up here on the planet with everything you need to create whatever it is that you're meant to create. You've already got it.
0: It's funny, so, too, that, that you mentioned Star Wars, because literally while you were talking about the hero and the hero's journey and all that, I would, and, and and you were specifically talking about what the fool is, I was thinking about Alec Guinness in the role of Obi-Wan Kenobi saying, who's the greater fool, the fool or the fool who follows him?
2: Right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about Star Wars right before the show. I must have had it on my brain. I, w- I, was, I was telling Walt a story about... I think it had something to do with when I was changing my name on my driver's license. But there was some, I had one piece of documentation that still had my other name on it. And I said to myself, you know, I can't remember if it was my car registration or what it was, but I was like, I needed something unusual. I needed a copy of some document. And I thought, this could really be a problem. I could be tied up at the DMV all day, but I am not going to allow that to happen. So I walked in and I said, I need a copy of the blah, blah, blah. And the guy said to me, oh, we can't do that for you here. You're going to have to take that over there and then get this and this. And he gave me this long list of things I was going to do. And I just waved my hand like across the air in front of me.
0: Like the Jedi Knight that you are.
2: I just waved my hand and I said the same exact thing I said at the beginning. I waved my hand and I said, I need a copy of the blah, blah, blah. And he said, oh, okay, I can do that for you. Just go right here. And And, and I was in and out in like 10 minutes, and my jaw dropped. I was like, it works. It really works. <laughs> <laughs> the Jedi mind trick works.
0: <laughs> I love that story. That's fabulous. Right. Yeah, it was pretty
2: fun. <laughs> I should do it more often, just like I should play the money game more often, right? Yeah, no kidding. I gave my intention for $20, and I think 300 and something just showed up out of the blue the next day, and then I forgot about it. <laughs> and that was like 2 weeks ago. See, I could be up to like the tens of thousands by now. You could
1: but, be, yeah.
2: Well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I love it. Well, we've gotten ourselves off to a a very high vibration start. So that's good because uh we're going to be dealing with subject matter today that you wrote. That's what's I so did. cool. I mean, we are actually getting we've we we have a history of doing books here on the Wednesday podcast. Yeah. But this is the first time we've done your book. <laughs> And that's that's different. That's a nice feeling.
2: It is. You know, I was thinking about it right before the show that um, I have gone to several uh, readings for when, you know, like David Sedaris, I went to his reading. He's a writer that writes just hysterically funny essays. And he was at the local bookstore, you know, maybe, I don't know, a few years back. And I went and he read an essay from his book. And it was really exciting. And I thought to myself, I don't think I've ever read anything uh, any of my books, I don't think I've ever read any of them in public, so this is kind of fun. So it's going kind of feel weird. I'm used to reading Neville. You know? Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> and well, I can tell you
2: right off the bat, I'm probably not going to quote from the Christian Bible at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's okay. We won't hold that against you. That's fine. <laughs> but, yeah, this is going to be really good. Um, We are, of course, talking about her book, The Lovely Magician's Guide to Soulmate Success. And if you have the LOA Today app, you can follow along because it's built right into the app in the goodies section. Just go to either the App Store on the iPhone or to the Play Store on Android phones, and you can do a search for LOA Today podcast player, if you haven't already done this, and download. And there it is. It'll be right there ready for you to uh, watch and kind of play along with us as we do the book that Cindy wrote in 2016. So let's get a a little history on this, first of all. Um, What was the impetus behind this, if you remember? And by the way, I should read the whole title. The, The full title, including the subtitle, is The Lovely Magician's Guide to Soulmate Success Using the Law of Attraction to Prepare Yourself for a Magical Soulmate Relationship by Cindy Chavez. So what was the impetus? The
1: impetus
2: was the recognition that because being a relationship coach, a lot of people would come to me f- because they wanted to find a relationship. And obviously, a lot of times, maybe all of the time, I don't know, people hire coaches because they haven't gotten the result that they want. Sure. Right? And that doesn't mean that they've struggled forever. Like a lot of people I know um, will hire a coach right away because they've made a decision. Right? Mm-hmm. They're like, I want I want to have a relationship. I'm going to hire a coach. Because so, it's part of their strategy. But what I recognize is that so many people that showed up looking for a relationship, what we would uncover in our first coaching sessions together is that, just like we talked about a few minutes ago, when I jokingly said, but actually seriously said, oh, I guess there's part of me that isn't really ready to have an onslaught of wealth,
1: Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm.
2: It's like, well, how do I know that? because if all of me was ready if i had a united will towards a great deal of wealth i would already have it
1: mhm
2: mhm right yep. so anything that we say we want and probably a good part of us wants it but we don't have yet it's because some part of us is resistant to it some part of us is, i'm making air quotes but isn't ready right
1: mm-hmm.
2: as if you were ready you would have it so i decided that um, law of attraction was a great tool to understand and recognize to use to get someone ready mm-hmm. because see once you're really ready it's just going to show up
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: once you're really really ready for it and so that that was really the impetus of it is just a okay. I wanted to write something that was not a this was the other thing is i I recognize that a lot of times when somebody wants something, um, sometimes we're willing to get a stack of books from the library or order, you know, a, a, a 500 page book from Amazon or something and really dig in and learn it all. But a lot of times in situations like this, we feel a little bit desperate. Like we want it to happen now and we just want a quick jumpstart, some guidelines for what, what can I do next that would push me in that direction a little bit. Right. And so i Really, that's why it's the Lovely Magician, which the Lovely Magician is everyone. I see everyone as a Lovely Magician. They are able to create the reality they want. They just need to have a few tools and just recognize the tools they have. And so it was that I wanted to create a guide. That's why it's the Lovely Magician's Guide You know, it's not like encyclopedic knowledge. It's just like, well, here's a a quick start guide to get you on your way. So,
0: I'm I'm glad that you mentioned uh, the the thought process behind the title because when I saw Lovely Magician's Guide, uh, and the word lovely is the word love, and I I thought, you know, I'll bet you there's some very deliberate thought that went in there. So I'm glad to hear you actually kind of confirm that.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, the, I mean, that's, that's where it came from. That was the, the impetus behind it. It's dedicated to you, lovely magician. Um, and prefaced with a quote that I, one of my very favorite quotes from Sue Monk kid, uh, that said, if someone should ask me, what does the soul do? I would say it does two things. It loves and it creates. Those are its primary acts.
0: Yeah, That's really good.
2: And when I think about people who say, um, if you think about it, so many people will tell you, if you ask them this question, like what feeds your soul? Mm -hmm. They often will come up with an answer that's like gardening,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. right? Or I'd love to paint or Mm -hmm. it's like often some creative act.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. And so... Two things that the soul does, love and create. And we've all got a soul, as far as I know. <laughs> there may be one or two that I'm <laughs>
0: questionable. <laughs> I was waiting for that other shoe to drop. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and,
2: but so we all have the ability to love and to create. And talking about soulmates, you know, and we'll get into that because – I might not have the same definition of soulmate as everyone, but we'll get there.
0: Well, first, before we get started, I want to thank you for for something, because you have 12 chapters in this book. And the thing I want to thank you for, because I had to, you know, take the book and and get it into the app, which takes quite a bit of work to do that, so I was becoming somewhat familiar with what you wrote. And the thing I really appreciate is your pith. You are very pithy, very concise (laughs) in the way you write. Neville, God love him, well, it's, I mean, he just could just go on and on and on saying the same thing 5,000 different ways, which is great. But it's so much nicer to just hear someone say, bang, there it is. You're there. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I was just telling somebody this morning because, you know, I mean, I'm talking about this once in a while. And we talked about the tarot card already on the show. I am a card reader. And there's a an oracle called the Lenormand Oracle, which not a lot of people are. And people are not familiar with it the way they are with tarot. Like everybody knows, you know tarot cards, um, but the Lenormand is very blunt and direct, mm. as opposed to the tarot, which can be very esoteric and deep and, you know, have all these layers and layers of meaning. The Lenormand deck is just, it just shoots straight, and it's my favorite one. <laughs>
1: See, <so laughs> okay. When you
2: said that, I was like, okay, I like to be direct uh, and to the point. So,
0: Well, congratulations. You succeeded admirably, which is appropriate because your first chapter is called Success.
2: Success. So we start with a quote from Alexander Graham Bell. Before anything else, preparation is the key to success. We increase the likelihood of our success by being ready and willing to be successful and doing everything we can to start from a place of being well-prepared. If you have a desire for a relationship that could be described as a soulmate relationship, then I guarantee there are many soulmates out there for you. The purpose of this little guide is to help you set yourself up for soulmate success. It may sound very elementary to say that we need to be ready and willing to be successful, but remember our lizard brain, the part of our brain that's very concerned about our survival, does not like change of any kind, even if that changes something better. Being ready and being willing are huge steps towards experiencing the relationship you know you desire. Here's the good news. By virtue of your being a human being, you are also a powerful creator. The ability to create our experience is the magic intrinsic in our humanity. We're always creating our reality, even when we're not aware of it. Our thoughts and feelings are comprised of vibrations and they always attract a matching vibration. This is sometimes referred to as the law of attraction. So the first and foremost task in the quest for a soulmate relationship is being open, willing, and ready to be a soulmate yourself and recognizing the magic within you to create this experience. First, let's talk about the whole idea of soulmates just to be sure. That a soulmate relationship is what you are looking for. All right. Then we quote from a really beautiful book by Marianne Williamson. And I believe the title of the book is actually called the holy relationship. Hmm. But Marianne Williamson says in the holy relationship, it's understood that we will all have unhealed places and that healing is the purpose of our being with another person. All right. And I'm going to interject. Out the polls, by the way. <laughs> Pardon?
0: I, I have to just say I'm glad you pointed out that's a quote because it's something I have to fix in the app. <laughs> I set aside as a special quote. I've got it as like a regular paragraph, so i got to fix that.
1: Well,
2: I want to interject something, and we talked about this before. I was wondering how reading this four years after writing it, <laughs> if, if I would have, you know, things that would come up. But one thing I think is important to always mention is that um, there's an idea that, some people will say that soulmate relationships are the hardest relationships there are like the ones where you learn the most right you know that's kind of code right <laughs> the code. <laughs> there, there's a there's a uh, there's an acronym of an AFCO. it's another Effing growth opportunity.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Okay. Right? So sometimes when we say, oh, I grew so much, that's kind of code for, man, this really sucked, right? There was a lot of personal growth opportunities happening. But one thing I want to be sure of is is that that I always communicate, and that is that, yes, all of our relationships contain growth opportunities, um, but that never means that you should stay in a relationship where abuse is present. Mm. right and sometimes people take things to extremes so they're like well you know i'm supposed to be in this relationship it's my soulmate
1: um i'm I'm
0: glad you bring this up too because um somebody reading this chapter and by the way that was the entire chapter so just to show how pithy her work really is um the fact that you mentioned being ready and being willing are huge steps toward experiencing the relationship you know that you desire well A lot of people can read that and say, but I am willing. I am ready. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Why is that so important? Yeah.
2: Well, I think it's so important because part of us may not really be ready. Right? Like, every time we make a big change in our life, we experience loss. So, I may have a little apartment and then I move to a big house and the big house is so much better, but I've still just lost the little apartment and there will be little things I appreciated about it Mm -hmm. that I miss or whatever. And again, it's that lizard brain that's very comfortable with the way things are. So the soulmate relationship, um, a lot of, you know, there are different, there are so many different definitions of what that really means.
0: Well, let's let's address that. What are some of the ways we can talk about what is a soulmate relationship?
2: Some people automatically assume that what that means is that everything's perfect, Mm. right? Like I'm, you know, that when people fall in love, I use that phrase with the the quotes around it because I think anyone that's had that experience knows that feeling where Mm -hmm you suddenly, your brain is producing lots of uh, amine and you don't need to eat or sleep anymore. Like, yeah, suddenly, right. like you're just on cloud nine, you are, you know, you are having a, the time of your life and you feel so great and everything is perfect and everything looks rosy and you start seeing the world through rose-colored glasses. And so everyone loves that experience. It feels mm-hmm. wonderful. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when people say soulmate relationship, That's what they imagine. Or they say soulmate relationship, and they have uh, maybe a belief system that incorporates reincarnation. And what we talk about when we use terms like soul group or soul family. So some people think that we continually reincarnate along with a certain group of others and that we show up differently in each incarnation in their lives. So that could be a soulmate relationship. Uh, other times, people think that the soulmate relationship, I've heard people say before, like, oh, are you really sure you want a soulmate relationship? Because that's a <laughs> relationship that is going to try you. It is going to push your edges. It is going to cause more growth than you've ever had. Um, and that's why I mentioned the abuse, right? Mm. Is that, okay. So there are lots of ways people, people throw that term out there, and then it's like, well, what do you really mean by that? Yeah. And what I mean by that, uh, may be different than what other people mean, but I, I could say when we talk about, oh, does that mean you knew each other in a past life? Yeah, if you believe in reincarnation and you believe in that fits in your, you know, belief system, then sure, that could be possible. When I talk about it, I'm really that doesn't uh, that doesn't really matter because my main definition. Whether you believe that part or not, which is fine with me, um, is that you are compatible and that you have great chemistry. So, in other words, you're fit. Mm-hmm. You're a match. Yeah. There's mutual respect. There's love. There's joy. There's happiness. There's fun. There's a spiritual connection. You know, and and that you're a match for each other. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And
2: so, yeah, we all have growing to do. And so, yes, even. The most compatible relationships will have moments of growth, <laughs> growth opportunities.
1: Lots of them, but, actually.
2: Right? But they should never be abusive. I, and I, we'll, we'll get there. This something is I want,
0: something I want to add into. Um, yeah. Because when Louise and I first met, of course, Louise had 10 years as a psychotherapist, so she had been dealing with all these kinds of issues every single day for a 10-year period, <laughs> not counting all of her school years and stuff leading up to that, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, I had been doing work on myself kind of sporadically, um, more out of desperation than anything else because I wasn't having any romantic relationships, but, uh, nevertheless I was doing some work. So we'd actually done quite a bit of work on ourselves before we met and very, very early, like I'm going to say within the first month that we were together, we both agreed we really didn't want to have fallen in love. In fact, we really didn't. What we like to say is we grow in love.
2: Yes. Right, falling, and that word "falling," right, it implies that you like completely lost control, and that's probably why the word gets used because we all have that sense of like, what am I doing? (laughs) This is out of my control. Um, I always used to tell. Uh, I, I mentor a lot of women that are younger than I am, right? Mm. And it's like one of the things I joke with them about sometimes, but there's also a serious part of it is what I call the chemical cloud. Mm. And that's that yeah. oxytocin and phenylethylamine and all these other brain chemicals you make that just put you off in la, 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 la. Mm. And in that place, it's very easy to overlook certain things that should be setting off some alarm bells and red flags, but Absolutely. we don't want, sometimes, you know, there's a joke that uh, there's only two red flags, the the ones you see and the ones you ignore. Oh,
1: no. <laughs> oh yes.
2: We actually see most of them. Sometimes we uh, turn our head the other way.
1: Well, if so you're in this, that fall
0: in love place, that's where you're going to tend to ignore them. That, that's, that's a really great point to make because it's so easy to ignore them. You know, oh, well, that's all going to be, we'll just gloss over that. That's going to work out okay.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. So this is, um, this <laughs> there was really loud traffic outside my
0: corner. Well, well, as soon as he learned that we weren't going to talk about falling in love, he was done. You know?
2: Somebody <laughs> oh, just peeled out. They're like later. Um, so this. Picture of connection comes from a, a Celtic tradition. This next part is called Anam Cara, and it it is an idea that translates to soul friendship. So here we go with with a soulmate, right? It's like mm-hmm. a soul connection. And if you've ever met someone that just you felt like you knew them already, or mm-hmm. I didn't talk about this, um, I don't think. I think I got word this after maybe I talked to you last week, but that that my very closest high school friend passed away last week. And the thing about this friend was that in our adult lives, sometimes we go years without talking to each other. And the second we get on the phone, it was just like yesterday. It was like no time had passed. And I actually have, have quite a few friends in my life that have that quality I think that's this quality, this kind of soul connection. So remember that in this book we're talking about a romantic connection. Most of my clients are heterosexual women. um, But a soul connection transcends all of that. You can have a soul connection with anyone Mm -hmm. and, you know, any kind of friendship. So... It's just one of the most beautiful pictures of soul connection I've heard. It's described in an ancient Celtic vow called Anamkara, which translates to soul friendship. Anamkara was a meeting of two souls that was considered destiny, a sweet connection that served to awaken each to the soul's journey. The vow itself is incredibly beautiful, and I do think it would make a lovely wedding vow. Mm. Um, And this is what it says. It says, I honor your path. I drink from your well. I bring an unprotected heart to our meeting place. I hold no cherished outcome. I will not negotiate by withholding. I am not subject to disappointment. Beautiful. The idea of a soul relationship that serves to awaken each party to their soul's journey Sounds romantic, and of course it is. However, we must also remember that our soul's growth often comes in ways that can be uncomfortable as well. Your soulmate will be someone who has the privilege of enjoying incredible happiness with you and also be there with you in times of stress and sorrow. All relationships experience growing pains and the stresses of life. Our soulmate relationships sometimes experience these in a deep way, but the stresses of life can also serve to make them stronger and deeper. There's a beautiful Swedish proverb that says, shared joy is doubled joy, shared sorrow is half a sorrow. (laughs) I think that describes a soulmate relationship in such a lovely way. I've heard it said that your soulmate is the one that can always push all of your buttons I'm not sure I would quite put it that way, but I will say that I believe the biggest, brightest mirrors we have are our most intimate relationships. And there's no relationship more intimate than a soulmate relationship.
0: Yeah, actually, I try to go out of my way not to push the buttons because it's so evident. It's so obvious. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, And here's where I, I deal with that again. So just because soulmate relationships will no doubt experience growing pains at times, This is due to the fact that when we're open to each other in a deep and intimate way, we become vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And when we are vulnerable, we can get hurt. The growing pains I'm speaking of have absolutely nothing to do with anything resembling abuse. Physical, emotional, and mental abuse are not factors in any healthy relationship. Absolutely. Your soulmate relationships, both platonic and romantic, will be built on mutual love, trust, and respect. Your desire for a deep and intimate soulmate relationship confirms that there are such souls desiring you too. It's always true that what you seek is seeking you. And I quote Deepak Chopra, with, there are no missing pieces in the universe. Um, I was, I was, I don't know if I talk about this in further in the book, but I was talking about it yesterday with somebody uh, that I was uh, coaching around relationship. The idea that, 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 was the big uh, thing that happened with uh, the Tom Cruise movie, Jerry Maguire, it got quoted over and over as, you complete me, you mm-hmm. complete me. Yeah. And, you know, oh, everybody just fell in love with, you know, two lines from that movie, you complete me and you have me at hello. And uh, what what I teach is that you are complete already.
1: Yes.
2: I I do not need my husband to complete me. I am a whole person. All by myself, I'm whole. And he also is whole. And the two of us are not the other's half. You know, you hear somebody say, my better half, my other half. I understand that that is a term of endearment, and it's meant to be very sweet, and that's fine. But the truth is, we are each a half of a couple. exactly. (laughs) Right? The two of us together make a whole couple. But individually, we are whole. And so... When we go through these growth processes in our relationships, friendships, relationships, any kind of relationship can help us grow, we are moving towards our own wholeness.
0: I'm not sure that you would go this far, but the way I would go at it is by saying if I find myself in the spot, in the place of saying you complete me, I would treat that as a warning flag about me. That yes. I, have, I have some hole that I perceive in myself yes. only be filled by my partner and boy oh boy, right. you're just setting yourself up when you do that one.
2: And sometimes, you know, sometimes that can happen when, when we don't want to do the work on ourselves. We just Absolutely, want someone yeah. else to provide that part, right? Work but, is
0: painful. It's difficult.
2: <laughs> but it is. And it's, and it's work. And the thing is, is that that's never it, it's kind of like a stopgap measure. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And it, it won't, someone else can't provide you with your own wholeness.
1: Mm, that's right.
2: Right? Yeah. So, all right. So this next section um, is called magic. <laughs> and I, I use a quote from Nora Roberts that says, Love and magic have a great deal in common. They enrich the soul, delight the heart, And they both take practice. So if you are my client or one of my group members or readers you already know, or podcast listeners, right, you already know, may already know uh, what I mean when I say magic, let's see if this is still my definition of magic. Uh, The successful result of any conscious action taken to bring something from the metaphysical realm, the realm of wishes, dreams, hopes, ideas, plans, brainstorms, into the material, physical realm everyday life, and having the hallmark of ease, grace, synchronicity, and often an element of surprise and delight. I think that pretty much still sums up how I feel about magic. Okay. Um, And that's what I want to always be experiencing, and I think I've succeeded with that. That's pretty much kind of like what my life (laughs) looks like. So some people call it the law of attraction. I prefer to call it conscious creation. Mm-hmm. Or, or magic. The law of attraction is always occurring, but I like to be conscious about what I'm creating and create it deliberately. And to me, that's what magic does. And magic takes practice. Even if you know how something is done, it still takes much practice to achieve mastery. So we can discuss all sorts of ideas and theories and exercises, but until you begin actively practicing them daily, you probably aren't going to see much in the way of results. So in this guide, I'm going to not only put forth ideas, but also encourage you to put them into practice immediately and consistently because I want you to get incredible results.
0: Now, people reading this section, I can imagine people, um, they get to this section, they read that part that says, um, I prefer to call it conscious creation or even better, magic. The law of attraction is always occurring and so on. They say, oh, yes, yes, this is why I signed up. I want to use the law of attraction to get that perfect soulmate. That's right. not quite what you're saying, though, is it?
2: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, it's going to take practice. And we talk about this all the time. But, you know, people are like, uh, well, it doesn't work. Yeah. I tried it and it didn't work. Yep. And it's like, oh, my goodness, well. Try again. <laughs> yes. There was a, I remember being in Florida one time on vacation. I turned the TV on. It was the Food Network and Bobby Flay was the chef. And the first thing I ever heard him say was he, he said he was putting cilantro in a, in a thing he was making. And he said, if you don't like cilantro, try it again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of use that like all that.
2: the time, right? It's like, try again. Keep yeah, going.
1: that's good. Keep going. That's
2: really try again. <laughs> um, all right. It seems to have lost the ebook All right <laughs> I said I need to pull it up here so I have it in front of me.
1: <laughs> I
0: understand the feeling. <laughs>
2: Where did it go? All right, let's see. So we were on the section of magic. magic. I really like this next section, and I can tell you that in between the time I wrote this <clears throat> and today, right in between, a couple of years ago, I got married. And I actually put this part into action. Um, So a few years ago, I was invited to a wedding. And the wedding itself and the party that followed were incredibly lovely. A gorgeous bride, a handsome groom, adorable flower girls, beautiful flowers, the whole shebang. And it was really, really, truly lovely. Uh, There was something that made the wedding incredibly special to me. Uh, The groom was my client. And arriving at the wedding, I felt like I was walking on air because my client and his beautiful bride were very happy. But there was one little detail in this particular wedding that thrilled me. And this one little twist excited me so much that I I wrote a blog post about it when I got home from the reception at like 2 a.m. because I was so excited. The little twist that had my heart aflutter was this. Instead of the classic wedding vows that began with something like, uh, I Mark Anthony, take you, Cleopatra, uh, and my client was not named Mark Anthony. I just decided to change the names. <laughs> um, these two changed their wedding vow to say, I, Mark Anthony, receive you, Cleopatra.
0: It's a nice phrase,
2: and i it just hit me so hard because um I just think it's a stunning edit, right? It spoke to me big time about those of us who want a soulmate relationship we have to be open to receive one mm. and anyone that's studied you know classic law of attraction kind of work will hear this over and over ask and what receive
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's two separate things yeah we can ask all day but we also have to be ready to receive so i thought this was beautiful and when i got married um in november of 2018 it's the one thing I ask my rabbi to do is if he would use receive instead of take.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Instead
2: of I take you, I receive you. And so I think it's
1: beautiful. So It is
0: beautiful. And, and I will add to it that um, the fact that you included this bit about the wedding vows in a story about acquiring a soulmate, and you did it two years before you acquired your soulmate and used the same concept that you described. First of all, I can't think of a better description of how the law of attraction works. <laughs> you demonstrated it admirably. And second of all, I love the fact that, like you say, you focus on receiving. I mean, this is pure Neville Goddard.
1: Right. All these yeah. Neville
0: books we talked about. What is, what is it, He always assumed the feeling of the wish fulfilled. That's what receiving is.
2: Correct. Yeah, very, very true. And um it is exciting to read this now and realize, oh, my goodness, look what happened.
0: <laughs> you did it. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> so, my lovely magician, this is the very first thing that needs to be attended to. If you're really and truly wanting a soulmate relationship, you must be open to receive one. So being open, how do you know if you're open or not? First, the fact that you are Listening to this little guide or reading this little guide today tells me you're willing to be open. The hallmarks, I wrote this for women, so uh, this part is speaking to women, but the hallmarks of a woman who is open are peace, happiness, trust in herself, trust in the universe. She feels comfortable in her own skin. She is confident because when we're not open, we tend to be defensive, worried, fearful, fearful. We find it very hard to trust. So how do we become open? First, we choose to be. Right? We make that decision. I know it sounds really simple, but everything always begins with a choice, which starts with an intention, which starts with a desire. And you're reading this because of your desire. So you don't have to open up all at once as you begin to love yourself, you will begin to open. So before we talk about self-love, let's talk a little bit about trust.
0: Before we talk about trust, I want to make one comment here um, because I think this is really important. You, you kind of qualified by saying, well, you wrote this for women, so you said the hallmarks of a woman. But really what you wrote here applies to anyone, man or woman.
1: Good. Literally, you know, am so...
0: you were using the word "woman" in a way that often the word "man" is used generically, but it, it applies to everybody. What you're saying.
2: I'm so glad that you brought that up because as I was reading that, I thought to myself, when I finish this segment, I need to ask Walt how that lines up with his experience.
0: One hundred percent.
2: Yeah. Okay. So when when we are feeling defensive and worried and fearful, and we finding it very hard to trust. Uh, we close up, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Of course we do. I mean, I mean that's like human nature. We're protecting ourselves.
0: Hey, if there's anybody who isn't good at closing up, it's a man. I mean, like he, he just closes it, <laughs> and, and you can't often get him open again. I mean, he's just, oh, I'm just going to go into my man cave. That's it.
2: <laughs> yeah, so, so let's talk about trust. Um, okay. We've all had experiences that left a bitter taste in our mouth as far as feeling able to trust someone. We told someone our deep, deepest secret, and they shared it. We believed someone when they told us they'd be there for us, and then they flaked out. we thought we knew someone, and then we found out we didn't know them after all. These are common life lessons that most of us have learned or experienced, and it always stings a bit to have our trust betrayed. But here are some things I've learned about trust. Trust is built over time. Trust begins with trusting yourself. When we trust someone and our trust is betrayed, we are not the ones who've done anything wrong. So we mustn't blame ourselves, and it will do us a lot of good to forgive ourselves as well as the one who breached the trust. And that doesn't mean that we're okay with it or that we have to give them a second chance. It just means that we don't hold unforgiveness in our hearts towards anyone.
0: Mm Sure. Sure.
2: Forgiveness is for you. It takes the weight off of you. You don't need to carry around unforgiveness. It blocks trust. It blocks love. It even blocks abundance. It hinders our health. It causes endless stress. So remember, there are no mistakes. There is just human experience. Choose to know that, and you will always be there for yourself. Decide that you will always trust yourself, and then choose to find a treasure in every experience, even the painful ones. Self-trust goes hand-in-hand with self-love. And self-love is the most important step to being ready for a soulmate relationship. In fact, until you really love yourself, you won't be able to have a satisfying, intimate relationship.
0: I love this, especially the part about forgiveness is for you. that that was a lesson I didn't really learn clearly. I mean, I kind of knew it on sort of like a subconscious level, but I didn't consciously get it in a a tight phrase until about, I don't know, five or six years after Louise and I married. And and I think she's the one who pointed it out to me. And I thought, Oh my God, of course. But why didn't I get that before? Why didn't I understand that before?
2: Because so many of us think that if we forgive someone, we're letting them off the hook. We're saying it's okay. And that's not it at all. It's that, Carrying unforgiveness is a really heavy weight to carry. It is, and so when we forgive them, we're just letting ourselves off the hook from having to carry this burden. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just something we don't have to carry anymore. And we, and, you know, like it says here, we, it doesn't mean we have to let them, you know, open ourselves up for them to no. do whatever they did again,
0: right? Absolutely not. No. But we
2: just want to trust ourselves.
0: It is the ultimate statement of trusting yourself. If because the only way you can truly forgive is to let go of whatever that thing was that you were kinda of hanging on to. That that, ugh, that 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 load you were talking about. You gotta yeah. let go of the load and otherwise yeah. you can't really forgive.
2: Exactly. All right. So this section is called the love affair. Most of us also want a fairy tale, but it never turns out that way, does it?
1: <laughs> no. Because
2: people are not perfect. This is a quote from a client. She said, most of us also want a fairy tale, but it doesn't turn out that way, does it? people are not perfect. And I listened as my client wondered aloud to me, and I was reminded of a question that a reader emailed me that echoed a similar thought. They asked me, does true love really exist, or is it just a fairy tale? Ah, the fairy tale love affair. The one we all want. That perfect, shiny, sparkly, romantic relationship that suddenly makes our whole life easy and perfect. The one where the birds are chirping and the bees are singing and the flowers are blooming and the poison apple. Wait, what? (laughs) What poison apple? (laughs) Oh, that poison apple. Yes, the one in the uh, fairy tale. (laughs) (laughs) Along with the wicked witches, evil stepsisters, malevolent queens, scary-talking trees, flying monkeys, and all manner of frightening villains and dangerous fire-breathing circumstances. Those are the little details we seem to be forgetting when we fantasize and wish our own lives and loves were more like a fairy tale. Within the confines of our imagination, within the covers of an enchanted book, It seems easier to remember and focus on the sparkly, shining deliciousness of dancing at midnight at the fairy ball and being swept off our feet by Prince Perfect. How easily we forget the poisoned apples and flying monkeys. (laughs) Life is full of experiences, some of them uncomfortable. Even when we've found the most wonderful relationship possible, life still happens. Sure does. Soulmates aren't perfect. They're real. And soulmate relationships aren't perfect. They're real. But they are, or they can be, shiny, sparkly, and romantic. So Your prince or your princess, also known as your soulmate, won't be perfect, but will be perfect for you. And even if the one you are with right now seems anything but perfect for you, that can change. Mm. In fact, when we change, everything changes. So I want to show you a few small changes that you can make that will create a world of difference, whether you are already in a relationship or still looking for your soulmate. And an important note here is that even though one of the magical parts of the fairy tale is often the idea of being rescued by Prince Perfect, you really only need rescuing if you are a victim. And I know you don't want to be a victim, right? <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> I love that you put that in. <laughs>
2: so how can we have the sparkly, shiny, dreamy, romantic part? When will it show up for us? When we learn how to love ourselves first. Loving ourselves is the first love affair that has to happen. We have to recognize that we are our own soulmate first. This is the single most important thing we can do to change our entire life experience for the better. We hear it so often that it's become a cliche, love yourself. But so often we don't know how to do it. Mm. It starts with intention, loving intention, and commitment. If you can't make a commitment, to fully love and accept yourself. It will be impossible for you to make that commitment to someone else.
0: This should be underlined three times, by the way.
2: <laughs> Get that highlighter out. Yeah. And because of the law of attraction, no one will be able to love you unconditionally and accept you as you are and fully commit to you if you can't do that for yourself. The world can't give you anything that you aren't willing to give yourself. It's that simple. So decide today that you will make a loving intention and a strong commitment to love yourself fully and completely. Accept yourself just as you are. Choose to love every single thing about yourself with true unconditional love. You may want to employ a self-love mantra or affirmation, such as, I deeply love and accept myself just as I am. The note, self-love is not the same thing as self-care. So even if you're a pro at having me time and taking care of yourself with things like manicures and pedicures and massages and taking your vitamins, are you doing these things with a loving intention or because you think you should? What about when you're feeling down or angry or flustered? Do you judge yourself for those feelings or do you love yourself through it? What about those critical thoughts that pop up? Do you listen to them? Those critical thoughts that accuse you of being lazy or of spending too much money or of not making enough money or of being ugly or fat or too skinny or, (laughs) need I say more? The list of self-critical thoughts and self-talk can be seemingly endless, especially in a world that encourages us to constantly compare ourselves to everyone else. Being critical of yourself or of anyone else is a big red flag that your self-love is in need of some strengthening. We tend to criticize in others the hidden parts of ourselves that we consider unlovable. Before the record, lovely magician, you are worthy of love and affection and abundance and joy and vibrant health and a soulmate and anything else you desire. Without changing one thing about yourself, you are worthy. It's totally natural to want to improve ourselves and our relationships, to expand our horizons, create new things, up-level our life. But none of those things create your worth. You are already worthy of the best life has to offer. You are already worthy of great love. You can choose today to love everything you are, even the parts of you that you haven't loved in the past. Love is an action and a choice. I like to think of the way we bathe and dress a baby. We aren't expecting anything from them. And we do these daily caring tasks with a loving intention. No criticism, just pure love. Make a decision now that as often as you think of it, you'll give yourself care with a loving intention. Care for yourself with love the way you might cuddle a pet or water a favorite plant or sing to a baby. Get a drink of pure water with an intention of self-love. Take yourself on a date to an art museum, or for a walk in the park. Put on a special outfit or some good perfume as a ritual of love and adoration. Treat yourself like the princess in the fairy tale. Mirror work is another very powerful way to work on our self-love. Look into the mirror, into your own eyes, and tell yourself, I love you. There's nothing too good for you. It might feel awkward at first, but soon it will become easier as your self-love grows and becomes stronger. Walt knows all about the awkwardness.
1: <laughs> oh, yes.
2: This is a powerful way to let your subconscious know that you're worthy of love and of the best life has to offer. When we become willing to fall in love with ourselves, we are ready to begin being more open. We must be willing to see each other and ourselves through that magic mirror, the one that reflects our own shortcomings and flaws without judgment and lovingly supports us in bettering them. Our intimate relationships are the brightest mirror we have to show us where we are in the realm of self-love. Remember, the world cannot give us anything we aren't willing to give ourselves. When we decide to love ourselves, it will be easy to create strong boundaries and stop accepting poison apples. When we love ourselves, we won't accept invitations to drama or conflict, and we will never tolerate physical, verbal, or emotional abuse. There may be some scary talking trees and flying monkeys in our life journey, and we can decide that we will focus on the good, the loving, the eternal. The elements along the way that are uncomfortable are there to help us learn love and compassion, to help us recognize the wounds that need healing. If we didn't have wounds, we would never get triggered. So those things are there to help us support each other in growing and reaching our full potential. Real relationships are not perfect they're real we don't need rescuing we can choose to make decisions based on love instead of fear And when we enjoy each moment and experience life fully knowing that the power of love exists right now in this present moment we will experience magic when we live in this way we will recognize that true love is real and soulmates exist here in our present reality and not in a fairy tale
0: that was a strong chapter, a really, <laughs> really strong chapter. It's got a number of points that I want to bring us back to. The first one being you are already worthy. I mean, we don't hear that one very often.
1: Yeah. But, you know, it, it, as a
0: result, we end up kind of assuming that we're not. And I know you wrote this primarily for women, but I think that's true for everybody. We all grow up in this world feeling on some level that we're not worthy. It it really is helpful on a large scale to be told, yeah, you you are already worthy just because of who you are.
2: You know, there's a concept, and you you just said a minute ago, like we don't we don't hear this very often, and I don't think we talk about this very often. That's connected to that, and that is the concept of deserve. Mm. Um, I had people tell me when I was getting my divorce after a very long and abusive marriage people would say things to me like, you deserve better than that. Mm-hmm. And I know what they meant, right? Yeah. I know it was a compliment to me, but what they really meant was that they thought I was worthy of a good life. Right. I mean, it was a very nice thing to say, but there's a difference. And we get caught up, especially as kids, right? We get told if you're a good little boy, well, Santa will bring you a bike or whatever we get told, right? Yeah. And we grow up, and then our parents may tell us things like, you know, if you, if you get good grades, we'll do this for you or that for you. You know, if you fail that exam, you're not leaving the house for a week, right? We, why? It's all around deserve. Do yeah, we right. deserve something good? If, we, if we're good little girls, then we mm-hmm. get a present, right? If we mm-hmm. deserve it. And we grow up with that concept of deserve, and it's, it really doesn't fit real life. No. Because here's what happens. If we think we deserve something but we don't get it, like say we work really hard for some promotion and we get passed over and someone else gets it, well, then we just feel bitter and angry and resentful that we deserved it, right? Mm -hmm. And what about on the other hand, what about if we know we didn't really work too hard (laughs) and then we get the promotion, then we may feel guilty
1: That's feel like,
2: I really didn't deserve it, and you know, in that case, when you hear about sometimes people will be like, "I can't get ahead. Every time I get like a bonus at work, then something happens. You know, mm-hmm. I got a bonus check, and then my washer and dryer had to be replaced. And I got, I got a raise, and then I had to fix a flat tire. It's like every time, you know, right? And it's because part of that sometimes is that it's connected to deserving, yeah, and and our self worth. And if we'll recognize that this doesn't have anything to do with us earning anything, it doesn't have to do with whether we deserve something or not. We're all worthy. We're all worthy of great love. We're all, well, we're all worthy of happiness. We're worthy of those things and we're worthy to take care of ourselves at a level of what that's intended with love. You know, I think about if I'm not a cat person, right? Sorry cat lovers. I think they're gorgeous, but I'm more of a dog person. But if I were to watch my neighbor's cat, you know, I, I could watch their cat. I could, I could feed the cat, water the cat, make sure the cat had everything it needed, but I wouldn't do it like they do it. Sure. Cause they love that cat. Right. Right? And it's like same with me. I could leave my dog with you and I'm sure you'd make sure that it got water and food and it got petted and got everything it needed, but not the way I would because, not at all. right? We need to love ourselves with that kind of intention. Yes. We need to take care of ourselves, feed ourselves good food, drink pure water, you know, mm-hmm. respect ourselves, don't let people take advantage of us. Why? Because we love ourselves.
1: Mhm. Mhm.
2: Strong boundaries. Very. Those kind of things. We're all worthy. You don't have to wait to get there. You don't have to do more personal growth work to be worthy of a relationship. You're there you're there already. Just recognize that you're worthy of it.
0: I also like that you added the word magic to the words mirror work, magic mirror work. I like that a lot. <laughs> We've talked about I the mirror
2: thinking, work a lot. But. I always think of the magic mirror in, in the fairy tales, right? Here's the wicked queen looks into the mirror and says mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's right. the fairest of them all? Yeah. Um, you are, the mirror says, too. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> if we could just look into that mirror with the confidence of knowing that we're loved by that face in the mirror. It has an effect on our what's called mirror neurons. Yes. That's the part of our brain that if you eat a lemon and you make a sour face, I'm going to make the same face watching you because my brain empathizes with that. So when we start looking into our own eyes and giving ourselves an encouraging message and love and appreciation, um, that part of our brain starts to agree and say, huh, okay, I am worthy.
0: (laughs) And I also wanted to point out that the mirror is also a, a metaphor for what uh, Neville calls the uh, you-pushed-out phenomenon, which, a, a phrase that kind of gets distorted by many people who follow him. But really, he was talking about the world mirroring you. And, and, and so, again, that's the mirror um, that's it. technology coming in again.
2: Yeah, it's just you.
1: Right? <laughs> it's yeah. all just you.
0: Also, I wanted to uh, put the emphasis again on no abuse. Abuse is not a part of any of this stuff which is obviously very key to you, to your particular um, presentation of this as an author because you had experienced that in your own life. But there are a lot of people who experience abuse, and they tend to often kind of wash it aside a little bit, like, yeah, but, you know, we're working things out, and it's like this long list of things, right?
2: Right. Yeah. It's important to remember that you wouldn't let your new neighbor come over and say mean things to your dog. Right. or call your kid names, right? You'd be like, get out. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) So
2: that's because you love and respect and want to protect your child and your dog. Well, you should love yourself with that same kind of love where you don't accept that kind of abusive treatment.
0: And then finally, I also wanted to point out what you said, that we don't need rescuing.
1: No, we don't. That's
0: really huge (laughs) right there. That's huge. Talk about that for a minute because we're actually a little bit over, but that, that deserves a minute.
2: Well, you know, there's a concept that I hold strongly to called radical responsibility. And what that means is that I take responsibility for my experience of life. Now that doesn't mean I can take responsibility for somebody else's behavior, right? If somebody, I don't know, drives their car into my house or something, you know, and I say, well, I take responsibility, that doesn't mean it's my fault it happened. Right. Right? But it means, okay, I'm experiencing this in a certain way and it's my responsibility to experience it how I want to and to take care of it in the way that I think it should be taken care of. And so it's not, it's not an energy of blame. It's an energy of responsibility. And as soon as I start blaming, now I'm a victim. But as when I'm taking responsibility, it doesn't mean that, you know, I might not have something happen to me, but I take responsibility for how I react and respond. It's more of a response. I take, ability, I take responsibility for my, it's response ability, my ability to respond.
1: That's so, fabulous.
2: Yeah, I'm not a victim. Regardless of what happens to me, I can choose to either experiencing it as being victimized or just take responsibility for what happens next.
0: Well, unlike with Neville Goddard, we've flown through about two-thirds of your book, which shows just how pithy it really is. I mean, you just really squeezed it down to the essence in a beautiful way. So, But that will give us more to talk about next week.
1: We
2: will talk about the rest of it next week. Send us your comments and your questions, too, because
0: (laughs) if you're looking for a
2: soulmate, I want to help.
0: That's why we built it into the app that you can ask questions. So use the same question form that you would use for the stream or psychic reader or Louie or Amy or you know Linda or anybody else. Use it to send the questions in to Cindy because let me tell you if you want a, a relationship coach to ask questions of you can't do any better than the one that's sitting oh, right thank here. You. Thank you. Absolutely true. That's that's a fact. I know that for sure. So thank you for sharing the book and <laughs> reading it. This is how do you feel the first time reading your your own book? Uh,
1: it's been fun.
0: <laughs> good, good. Yeah. i well, trying nice. to hold
2: back, you know, and not add a bunch of extraneous to me. know no, I,
0: I edited this way. book already
2: <laughs> once, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's good, though. And, hey, well, you know, that's – I think – I don't remember who it was who said it, but uh, I remember reading somebody one time saying, when you write a book and you write – I don't know if this is your first one, but when you write your first book – Uh, and then you go back and look at later on, you realize how much you grew beyond what you wrote there, but that doesn't take anything away from what you wrote in the book.
1: Right,
2: right. That's what I was curious about. I was like, hmm, I wonder if I'll have any real big ah ahas that I should
1: put in there. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Yeah, well, it happens, but that's okay. The substance is great so far. So I'm looking forward to carrying on the conversation next week. Me too. In the meantime, have a great week. Thank you so much for sharing everything. Thank you uh, to the live stream, and especially thank you to podcast listeners as well. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.
1: Bye, everyone.